You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along as we transverse into week six of this NFL season. Your Indianapolis Colts are number one in the AFC South, at least tied there with their opponent this weekend on Sunday. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a one o'clock kickoff from Jacksonville. I believe that's on CBS4 here in central Indiana. Yes, it is. Matt giving me the big thumbs up. So be sure to tune in there and join us for the Blue Zone pregame show 1130 Sunday morning there as well. But We'll give you quite a big preview of that game right now, which is what you tune in for. And when it comes to the Colts in Jacksonville, well, we've, we've, we've been discussing for the last two or three minutes before we, uh, we turn the mics on, so to speak. All, all, all the many topics we will uh, dive into in this, uh, in this podcast, but, but uh, the, uh, the, the recent struggles, Mike, in Jacksonville, when you say Colts on the road in Jacksonville, there's only one thing that comes to Colts fans' mind, and that's loss after loss after loss. Eight in a row is the road team. Which in the means rivalry. it's not recent. Exactly. Well, it's more than recent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, we're, we're, it's we're almost approach- a decade now. We're, we're approaching a decade. We talked to we get assistant coaches occasionally. We talked to a lot today. I talked to Reggie. It's funny he contacted me during I think it was Monday or Tuesday. He said, "How long has it been since we won in Jacksonville?" I said, "You were playing. It's 2014. It was Reggie's last year, and." It, it's you, you just as we talked before we went on the air. It, it's just a thing. I, I don't know. It's not like you know. Reggie said I never lost to to Tennessee when I was playing, but the Colts were pretty good, and sometimes Tennessee wasn't. The the, the Colts have lost to Jacksonville when Jacksonville's pretty good, and when they're awful, one in fifteen. The one win was beating the Colts in Jacksonville. So I don't know. It's it's. I, I've spent way too much time just looking at the numbers, and we were talking. And the, the Jacksonville quarterback, their rating is like one thirteen. The Colts is fifty four. Jacksonville's QBs are seventeen touchdowns and one interception. The Colts are like five and ten. So, and Gardner Minshew, if you can't, you know, beat them, find a guy who's been down there and maybe you can beat him. He was nineteen of twenty one game one game against them. That was the one in fifteen year. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, generally has been that they've dominated the lines rushing. And as Reggie said, that one game down there, this is pre-streak. They ran for 375 against the Colts. It was a Super Bowl year. Yeah. So it, it's he said it's a tough p- place to play. He has no clue for what's gone on recently, and neither do I. They even tried to go to London. Say they took it overseas as well. And that didn't work. Right. So, I don't know. Dave, you've been been there, so I think it's you. It it could be. I I blame you. It is unaffectionately known in the office as the curse of Dave because I I moved here in November 2014, and the their 2014 game against the Jaguars was September that year, so two months before that was I got here. was a Hasselback game, right? Yeah, was was their win down? Well, this was their win, the 2014 okay, okay, win. Okay. Right. So that was probably luck. But then 2015 my, was my first year there, and they had the lead at at halftime. It was that like, was a Hasselback game. Yes, that was the Hasselback game, and he gets strip sacked, and, and just all, all all you know what breaks loose, and it was it was just a disastrous third and fourth quarter. And they won fifty something to like seventeen. Fifty one to seventeen. To, it, it was it was awful. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely to awful. And and Blake Bortles threw for like I don't know what it was at the end of the day, but it's three hundred plus and a couple of touchdowns. Alan Hearns or Alan Robinson or I, both. I, I, of bet his, Hearns. I bet his career best games. Yeah, have been against Colts. Like there, there's been so many weird weird things about this rivalry and this streak. Like it's been it's been unique you know, wins or losses depending on which side you're looking at. It's been it it has transversed the barriers of quarterbacks and coaching staffs and general managers and and team makeups. Like it doesn't matter what team that the Colts have brought here. It doesn't matter what quarterback or coach or GM. Like they they just can't get over the hump in this in, in this weird string of games for them. And I and I just read you too. I said, do, do the players talk about it? And the thing is, keep in mind that most of these players haven't been through this right. much. Ryan Kelly, yes, he came here in what sixteen. Right, Ryan Kelly, Mo Ali Cox have been here for a while. Uh, Luke but- Rhodes, but you know Josh Downs, he says, "Not me." You know, don't blame it on me. So I don't know. It, it's it's again, it's just one of those things, and it's a thing until you make it not a thing. Yeah. 
and we'll see if that can change this week. But uh, let's get into Anthony Richardson, uh, since uh, it's certainly not his fault either, one, another one of those rookies, and uh, he is not going to get his chance to, to end that streak. This week, the Colts placed Richardson on injured reserve after he hurt his throwing shoulder against the Titans, being slammed down there into the turf. Being, go, being on injured reserve in the NFL nowadays means you miss four weeks minimum. So those four games are Jacksonville, Cleveland, New Orleans, and Carolina. So we unfortunately will not get Bryce Young against Anthony Richardson um, in, in that game. So it, right now, chap, you have those four games. You have the game in Berlin against the Patriots and then the bye week. So a lot of us, our wheels start churning, the gears start churning. We have machinations that probably, if you bring him back for – for what's it called for that trip to germany first of all i say bring him back as soon as he's ready like he, he exactly. needs reps if he, he, he's ready he plays, after four weeks correct fine but if he's not ready and if he needs if that shoulder needs that time then you get basically two extra weeks because you have that bye week the following so you think maybe after the bye week would be the most obvious time for him to return if indeed this shoulder heals by then but shane steichen did not um did not encourage the process of us believing that he would be back sooner rather than later when we spoke with Shane earlier this week. He had three or four chances. You know, do you, do you expect him to play again this year? Well, we'll see. We'll talk to the doctors. And then is there a scenario that he won't play? Well, we'll see with the, doc- the doctors. We were talking, it just would have been better to say, hey, we have every hope that he's back this year. But he didn't, and I think that that may be more of how Shane Steichen's wired than anything. But in in, in a, j- just to address any fans out there, I I think Richardson's return has very little to do with Gardner Minshew, whether he gets on a run and these guys are all of a sudden going full guns. I just think when Richardson's ready, he's back. Uh, he's got to be he's got to be back and ready. Which, you know, I would think in a couple of weeks, maybe if we're really on best case scenario at practice, maybe we see him without a sling and maybe just leisurely lobbing a ball. I don't know. But I just I just think that we went into this year, everybody did with this kid needs reps. Well, when he comes back, he still needs reps. Right. Now, maybe I can be swayed if they're on this five-game winning streak and all of a sudden they – Richardson back, and then you say, "Well, you know, we're going pretty good right now," but he needs to play. I, I think Matt, uh, you're, you you are uh, more online than than the two of us, being a digital producer. But the uh, I think the there is there's a very loud contingent of Gardner Minshew fans that would be very much in, in his corner, and I, I'm not. I don't even think that they're, the Colts are going to win four in a row or whatever, three out of four. But it, they, that would certainly ignite their passion to, uh, to having Gardner in charge of this offense. And, I, and I, I'm on the same side of the fence as Chap here, that even if the Colts have this streak under Minshew, you're, you're not viewing him right now as the future of your franchise. You're viewing Anthony Richardson still. Like, he's done enough when he's been healthy in these first couple weeks of the season to, to merit um consideration like to continue consideration he's not like he's done something to make you think that well maybe this wasn't the right the right choice i mean people in carolina there's already rumblings with bryce young has not looked the part right over there and they'll be in position to move on if they're dumb enough to do that very much so like i like there i can understand rumblings here i can't understand rumbling so if you're still if he's still the guy in the future and that's what the colts still view him as when he's back, he needs to play, no matter what uh, Gardner Minshew does in the, in the meantime. I, I mean, I, I say this by thinking that Gardner Minshew may have been their biggest offseason acquisition because he's really come in and, and played well for them in a tight spot. Hard to argue against that now. But, you know, when you think about some of the things Anthony Richardson has done, especially in that L.A. Rams game where the couple of throws he made, that one that he made, this is in, in the game against the Titans to Josh Downs, yep. an absolute dime on that one. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic. He brings things to the offense that Gardner Minshew, Minshew simply cannot do. And, and I understand people have, you know, they love the underdog story and, and all that. And I, I love Minshew, but mm-hmm. like if if Richardson weren't 
just making a salivate with what we've seen from him on the field, then maybe I'd feel a little bit differently. But it is clear that Anthony Richardson can handle this NFL offense, which I think was the big question mark going into the season. Yeah, I think what and what people have to try to keep perspective on is when we when we talk like this, we're not bashing Gardner Minshew. No, that, that's not the case no, at no, all. No, 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 not uh, at all. You know, he, he he's accepted his role. I, I think he still sees himself as a starter. He told us that when they named Richardson number one in camp. Well, I was disappointed, and you know this. And that's that's what you want. You don't want a guy who accepts being a, a backup. But the the, the the options are so much more vast with Richardson. They just are. Mm-hmm. Uh, would Minshew have brought him back from twenty three down? Probably not. But when the way I tell you the the way this team is structured right now, this is almost ideal for Minshew. If the offensive line keeps playing the way it is, if the running game is there and they can run the ball 35 times, I don't mm-hmm. know, with these two guys. And you watch Minshew play, and I'm telling you, he makes those third and five, third and seven throws. They are right in stride where they've got to be. And maybe Richardson doesn't make those throws yet. Right. But as we've said in the past, Minshew's ceiling is just lower than than Richardson certainly, but the floor you know what you know what you're getting. Again, I go back to Rick Venturi calling calling him a singles hitter. Well, he is, which and I suppose that's maybe a a, a, a slap at him. But with with Minshew, to, in my mind, the margin of error for the team is less. You know, you have a sack and it's going to be hard to convert. You get behind, it's going to be hard to convert, but. Again, people point to the two games he played so well off the bench with Houston and uh, Tennessee because mm-hmm. c- that's what he is. Right. And then Baltimore had a chance to prepare for him. Yes. And, and in that game, he was not all that impressive. He, if, he, like, yeah, they he, won the game. He was like fourth or fifth while they won. Right. So, and again, if that hurts people's feelings, I'm sorry. But but still, I, I agree. He, he was one of their best offseason acquisitions for a lot of reasons. It made we, we talked in the off season. It made so much sense. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he 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 was with Steichen for two years. He he played some, not a lot, played some, and he he was. I know he was a good source for Richardson. So, all that can be true without the fact that they're still better off with Richardson. And when he's ready to play, he plays. So now, the, just the question becomes: When when is he going to play? And, and maybe and, he doesn't play this year, right? And that's possible. That seems like an it, it is actually a possibility that we will know more of in the coming weeks. In the the perfect storm that Jim Irsay talked about with drafting the quarterback and having with Taylor, they've played one play, one play, <laughs> pitch to the left for three yards. Yep. So, but but it's still it's still there, and we can talk a little bit. We don't want to make this all about Richardson, but. You know, there's talk, well, when he comes back, they need to really change the offense. They can't put him at risk. Well, th- that's who he is. Running is what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, could he? I think he could have avoided the concussion. I just do in Houston. I'm not sure what he could have done against Tennessee. It was He just got to the outside, and I guess you can anticipate with your spidey senses that Harold Landry's in it, right on top of you, but... They just fell, and it fell on his shoulder. Yeah, it, can you can you slide? Like I don't think so. And, and not, we not talked in that about case, that. I don't like, think in that play, it's a design quarterback sweep to the side. Like you're you're going around to the side, and Harold Lander hits you from your side, right? And and kind of just takes you to the ground. It's not like you're going straight on, and you see and you lower your shoulder and you take him on yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that, that's not what happened. No. So so I, I I find that hard to believe that you would coach a quarterback to, to slide in that scenario so so I, I like I have no problem with with what he did on that play it was a hard luck play that he got thrown into the turf which which set off a indie indie star sports columnist Greg Doyle this week uh, about the uh, about the the grass versus turf debate and like you you could certainly like I think Greg made made a lot of great arguments and and I'll, I'll say this about Greg what makes him a great sports writer is when when he he's like a dog that gets a taste of a bone and once he does there's nothing stopping him from getting the rest of it absolutely not like he's like he's full bore into a topic uh, and and holds absolutely nothing back and in this this grass versus turf debate like I I think that's what this the article that he put out was was uh, was like that. 
Like if, if there's a better chance to, to be healthier on grass, you, if you're the Colts, you want to do everything you can to have grass. And especially What's if you the expense have, like twice as much a year. What's that? Was it like the expense of grass over turf? Right. Is it like three million for grass? Something and like that. Million and a half for Something turf. Something like that. Yes. Like it's more expensive, but like and his his argument is how, how do you, do you want to pay the price of losing another franchise quarterback? Right. Which 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 makes sense. Yeah, Molly Cox. Yeah. I mean, he smacks his head on the ground, uh, and he's got a concussion. Probably won't play this week. Right. So and and our our another friend uh, Stephen Holder here and in, in worked with a couple other people on ESPN put something together that was a more bigger deep dive really good in-depth mm-hmm. story which, which showed you that there is a debate right about turf and grass and just how much of a change is there and it's just is it negligible is it minuscule is it is it significant like i i thought it was that was a very very well done article too so like that 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 continues to to go because it's not like Richardson is lowering his shoulder and trying to hit a 350 50 pound uh, defensive tackle and injuring himself that way it's been hey game one he gets driven into the turf and hits his knee uh game game two or game three whatever it was against houston he gets uh, yep. he gets shoved to the back and hits the back of his head against the turf uh there and then back here it's he gets driven into the turf and hits his shoulder so it, it's hitting the turf each time that that has caused uh, caused this injury so you you understand why uh, why here people are sensitive about injuries to quarterbacks and repeated injuries to quarterbacks because of what has happened here with with uh, franchise quarterbacks past. So um, so that 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 will continue to be to be an issue. I think as long as Richardson, uh, as long as he only finishes one out of every four games, he starts for crying out loud. It's been a it's been a rough ratio for him early on in his NFL career. But, but then again, that that this is who he is. This is who you drafted. This is what you knew. This is why Josh Allen is who he is. It's in part why Jalen Hurts is who he is. Mahomes isn't the same. They don't do as many design runs with him. But when you've got Lamar Jackson, when you've got that guy, you've just got to let him do what he does. All four of those quarterbacks play on grass home fields. Oh, there you go. I'm going to point that out right there and say, like, maybe that's – like if that's something that if you're gonna if you're gonna devote your your franchise to this quarterback who's going to take more hits, you need to do everything you can to try to figure out how to get grass in that stadium, even if it's a municipally owned stadium, even if there's they they even if the Colts have ten events there every year and there are hundreds more literally that are so much easier to do over a turf field. Like what can be done? What would it cost? What are your options uh, to to make it as as uh, as beneficial? or as, as least uh, damaging uh, as you possibly can with this specific quarterback. And, and you, you should have that approach whether you're talking about Grant Stewart or Luke Rhodes or Mo Ali Cox. Right. But when when it is your quarterback and when this is who he is and, and, and these happen, you really – they need to have – and I'm sure they have, but they need to really think hard about the added investment because – Teams make money. Teams make zillions of dollars, and, and but again, like you say, this is CIB involved in this as well. But uh, I don't. I can't imagine a CIB saying no if you, if if the team can show how they can make it work. Right. But it, but it is complicated. Yeah. Uh, so, but but it's like it's a complicated discussion you need to have. You need to get smart people to think about this. Like that. That's why you make millions of dollars because it's complicated and you figure out. And that's solutions. why. That's why you don't ask us. You don't pay attention to us because. Right. We're not as smart as you're supposed to be. No, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're just uh, three yip-yaps with microphones in, in, a, in a wonderful studio here inside Fox 59 this CBS This is not 4. a wonderful studio. Don't go that far. <laughs> and, and I believe that the Colts are, they're not changing to grass next year, but there are a couple different types of field turf. Correct. And, and so they're changing to what some people consider to be the, the better version. Mono or the, something. The, or yeah, other. monofilament, I believe, yeah. or something along those lines. It's supposed to be a little bit better on the on the players bodies and i you know we've heard these rumblings over the past couple years really kind of echo a little bit more i think and i really noticed some of the colts players really talking about the effect of the turf that i don't think i've necessarily heard the players be as outspoken about that in the past so now uh, as gardner Minshew takes over as your starter sam ellinger is your backup quarterback and the colts did sign kellen mond to the practice squad former Texas A&M quarterback, uh, no real run at the NFL level in his career. Three, so, three passes. Yes, exactly. So he has thrown, he's thrown
thrown fewer passes than Derrick Henry. He's in, thrown in three more than me. Exactly, that's true. He's thrown three more than me too. And so. me as well. Yeah, we'll we'll give him that. Uh, oh yeah, uh, somehow something managed to outstage Jonathan Taylor's return to the field this past week. Uh, the the Colts uh, all pro running back is back uh, after signing a three year deal. Three Dinner's on him. What's that? Dinner's on Darn him. right it is. A three-year extension that ties him to the team through 2026 worth $42 million-ish. That is a $14 million a year average, third most in the NFL, only behind Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. $26.5 million of that is guaranteed. And the stupid thing about this stupid contract, We talked about, we talked about this. Go is ahead. These are the same stupid numbers that we proposed back in stupid June. June. When I, we, were talking we, sat, about we sat there and talked about it. Yep, that's it. Like that, they're, 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 all all, the, all this drama, all don't, this craziness. Don't you think three years and oh forty two million dollars and you know. the guaranteed money is like the two franchise tags? And this and, is right about what that would hmm, be. The guaranteed money. money. Hmm, look at that franchise tag. So those are the numbers that they finally come out with. Jonathan Taylor takes the field, and uh, he was elevated to the active roster immediately. He played ten plays. Uh, he had seven touches of the ball in those ten plays. Nice for nice uh, intro for him though. Yeah. Very nice intro. The fans were very happy to have him back. And I think the the fact that he signed a new contract would like it, that that also would have alleviated any possible boos that would have been there. Like he's with the team now. He's devoted to the team because um, we had that discussion last week. Are there going to be boos? Are there going to be cheers? And I thought there'd be more cheers. But after he signed the contract, I was like, they're all cheers now. And he comes out and he was blowing kisses to the crowd, hamming it up there, coming out of the tunnel. So so good for him. He's back and uh, we'll, we'll I, I'd assume just uh, Chap got just a steady increased dose. 20 snaps this week. And exactly. I don't know. What do you have? Was it he three carries? Seven touches last time. How many? I thought, how many six carries. Six for, carries, carries uh, for eighteen. Catch. So he'll and have then a catch for sixteen. And ten, ca- ten, ten carries. Ten carries, maybe. Maybe you tried to throw to him twice. It's really, you know, it's. We talked to the running backs coach today, and it's it's not that they have a problem, but they have an issue with two starting running backs. They do. Zach Moss, what is he? Third in the league in rushing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's without playing the first game. Right. So uh, five, five yards to carry that magic number as well. Yes, really. And and he, he had that Jonathan Taylor 56 yard touchdown, which was so reminiscent to me of the th- third or fourth and one third and one yep. against the Patriots. I thought the same thing. I mean, holy smokes. That hole just opened right and, up. And the the he, line mauled the other team. Ran, and, and the power runner ran away from him. Yeah. So but they, but let's not kid ourselves. It, it's it's Jonathan Taylor. But you've you can't simply move away from Zach Moss it's you can't you, you know the the whole thing about an offense and a team is you maximize what you've got and right now their strength is their running backs and, and a strength is the offensive line mm-hmm. they keep in mind that you know uh Blake Freeland had a tough opener against the Rams you're playing Aaron Donald right so come on I thought he played well last week. Tennessee's got a good front front seven. They have a very good front seven. So and that's why re- I thought they would lose last week. They ran exactly one ninety one ninety three. They ran yeah completely yeah. And, and Moss was the first back in twenty games to uh, run for hundred yards against Tennessee. So you can't you just don't get away from him. And I think with Minshew again, I I think we're going to see a, a less dynamic offense. But if they can stay. On, on pace and, you know, not get behind the chains. That's the strength of this team now. Mm-hmm. The problem is you're going to have – you're going to have a holding penalty. You're going to have stuff. And then how do you convert second, you know, first and 20 or whatever. But they are built to be sort of what they wanted to be with Frank. Yep. I mean, you know, the old ground and pound, although Taylor wasn't pounding. It was, you know, boom. But if they – they're built that way. They're playing that way. And we'll get into it here briefly, but keep in mind when Jacksonville won here in the opener, it was Deion Jackson. Right. T- Taylor was somewhere. Who knows? And, and, and Moss was was out with still rehabbing the broken forearm. So it's this is their strength. I'm really curious how Steichen, who's really really good, can maximize what they've got without probably the 
again, the threat of a deep passing game. Right. As long as the offensive line plays like it did last week, they're going to have a chance in a lot of games, in a lot of games this year. And I'll shout out Ryan Kelly right now because he's the highest graded center in the NFL in pro football focus right now. And I know after last season, there were a lot of questions about Ryan Kelly and several other players on the Colts offensive line. Like there were, there was discussion about trading him and Chris Ballard admitted as much. And he said at the end of the day, Ryan Kelly's a good player. Uh, they're not just going to get him, throw him away for nothing. And it, right now, they're they're very glad they didn't because, like I said, highest graded center in the NFL right now, according to Pro Football Focus, has allowed just one pressure all season and zero sacks. Now I know he was out for that one game, or it was just one game with a concussion. Two, two games. Game, two games two with games. a concussion. He missed two games, so he's only uh, he's played three games. Excuse me, but still, uh, those are those are three games that has caused him to to be at the top of the league uh, from his uh, performance. So shout out to him. I was just going to say the touchdown run from Zach Moss. I've watched that replay n- numerous times just because. As you should. Yeah, just because. But you know, we see Moss, we see the hole and everything. But the way they created that hole and the way that they manhandled those Tennessee players and pushed those. I mean, there were like three pancake blocks on that run. Mm-hmm. It incredible yeah. go back and watch that Quentin took somebody out and they, he pancaked him yep. at, at the end yep yep really good. everybody did their job it's I mean, you don't get a run like that if everybody doesn't do their job but that line deserves so much credit because that was the biggest question mark one of the biggest question marks we had for the team this year yep. run the ball and right now they're running it uh very well can that streak continue in Jacksonville the Colts have not won a road game in Jacksonville since 2014 Andrew Luck threw touchdown passes to Ahmad Bradshaw Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleamer, Fleener, excuse me, and Hakeem Nix. Adam Vinatieri hit three field goals in that 44 to 17 finish back there in 20, uh, 2014. What? How? How far have we come, guys? How far have we come since that? But a a good point to uh, to remember is the Colts did beat did snap two streaks last week. They snapped their five game losing streak to the Titans. And they snapped their seven-game home losing streak to finally win inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Is this team a streak breaker? Maybe it is. That'd be really nice. I think it's a better team, and it's a better coach team. Kind of don't want to try shrink, but but they found ways, so many ways to lose last year. I mm-hmm. mean, goodness gracious, thirty-three to nothing. <laughs> Some numbers get seared in your mind, and and they found ways to lose. And I think they're just finding ways to win now. I mean, go back to Pittman's fumble recovery at Baltimore. If he doesn't make that fumble recovery on Minshew's uh, sack fumble, who knows? And really good teams sometimes don't need to find those one or two plays because San Francisco is just good. Mm-hmm. And but when you when you're that team in the middle, when you're one of those zillion three and two teams or two and three teams, the difference are five, six, seven plays. And if you make them at the right time. You know, Zaire Franklin stuffing Derrick Henry fourth and was it fourth and fourth one, and fourth one. and two, whatever. Yep. That's a that that's a play. I mean that that's where you say, Okay, that's us. And because if Derrick Henry converts that, th- this may be a two and three team. Right. That, that, but those but those those are the plays that matter and we'll see if this team can continue because it's not been I when I when I did the game story Sunday I I I always meander into stories, but I went back to Chris Ballard when he was introduced here. It's never going to be about one person. He was talking about getting Andrew Luck and all that, and well, I would argue it's it's. I would rather that one person. Right, I'd rather have him than not. I'd rather have him than not, <laughs> and then worry about all the other things. But that game against Tennessee, it just bore out that it is more that you, you could point to five or six guys. Doing things at the right time, you know, Matt Gay kicking field goals and and Gardner Minshew playing well and and Zaire and and all this. So it's right now it's it's everybody now. Can they continue that? Because again, this this team still isn't a top. This is still not a top ten roster. It's it's just not. And if people take offense. They're starting two rookie corners for crying out loud. Right. Well, throwing Julian Blackman making that game sealing interception yes. too, See, like it, another player. Again, there's you can just name so many things. And at some point, talent just overwhelms you. I don't think Jacksonville is necessarily that. I like I like their passing game and their receivers. I want to see how those receivers do against this secondary. Yep. Sam, I'm not sure that I do, but well, <laughs> I know. Well, I keep in mind in the first game too. One of the corners was Dallas Flowers. Yep. Who's, oh, yeah. who's no longer with us. The other was Daryl Baker Jr. Yes, and, yes, and and I don't believe him. that. Uh, 
you know, did Jalen Jones, he was probably special teams that day. He was. I think so, I'm not yeah. sure he played on defense. Yeah. So now it's going to be. And, and Juju was uh, in that Sideline. Yep. So we got Juju and Jalen right now on the outside. So normally you can say, well, the first game, this no, th- th- these are totally different. This is a totally different Colts roster now in a lot of ways. And again, Richardson started, but I thought they really, really had the training wheels on him early. Mm-hmm. We didn't see all of this. So uh, it's really cool to see when, when, Parts have to work, and, or or the whole thing doesn't work. And I want to see how far it takes them. Right, and th- and that's that's what's going to have to be with with Minshew. There's going to be different parts that that have to work. And, and somebody like I saw, we were talking with Zaire Franklin in the locker room. He just said, "You figure it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. Somebody's going to make a play, and that's going to be the the difference in this game. It just depends on who who the play falls to, who has the opportunity to do so. And and with uh, with with this Jaguars team, they are like I said, also three and two, maybe a little underperforming from what you would have expected uh, in, in the and preseason. Then they beat Buffalo, but exactly. But then they right. go and beat two, Buffalo. Two nice wins back to back there. Really nice wins. So, so they they turned around from those two losses in a row. Got two really good wins, and now they're coming home with a good deal of momentum. Should have all the confidence in the world, having beaten the Colts as the home team eight times in a row. Um, they're scoring twenty one points per game. That's it. Like, and their uh, their defense has won a couple games for them by 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 that standard. Twenty one points is just it's nothing. It's, that that's bad. Right. That, that's, yes. Ba- yeah, yes. Bad. It's not in the top. It's in the bottom third of the NFL. Um, their passing yards, they're decent. They're in the top third. Um, rushing yards, they're right in the middle. Although Travis Etienne has done better in recent uh, recent games. Go back games. and look. They he had like a hundred. Was it a hundred and two, hundred and four against the Colts? But they kept him really, really bottled up until he had the was it the twenty six yard touchdown? Yeah, that, I think it was thirty six. I thought it was a little bit more than that. Maybe, Maybe it I thought 26. it was twenty six. Okay. Whatever. I, I, whatever. But, but, that, it, it that's, not but that's what the good backs do to you. you they you keep him on a short lease, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, they, they get loose with yeah. you, but uh, I, I think that, again, that's another strength right now is the Colts' run defense is playing really, really well. Yeah, um, let's look at uh, the Jaguars' offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence leads the way, has twelve hundred fifty-eight yards passing, five touchdowns, two interceptions on this five season. Touchdowns. Only five touchdowns. Like their their yeah, offense, I'm... like they, they can get better. They they will get better. Yeah, there's definitely they room for to. growth from that offense, right? Because when you have guys like Etn, Christian Kirk. Calvin Ridley, Evan Engram, Zay Jones, like that's that's a really good unit there. That's a good unit of playmakers, and and Calvin Ridley being at the top kind of you know, like like cements it. Like when you have a guy who's who seems to be a legit number one guy, he certainly did. He got the on first him pretty good against the Colts. He got on him pretty good in the opener. Yeah, he did. Um, when you have that, that that makes everyone else better uh, around you. And Christian Kirk is leading them in receptions. He um, he has thirty to Calvin Ridley, only has twenty two. 26 yards. Touchdown. 26 yards. Okay, Chaps, right. Chaps needed to look it up to make sure. I, I knew I had – occasionally I get things there right. There you go. That one you got right, and I was wrong. <laughs> and uh, Zay Jones only has eight catches on the year, but five of them came against the Colts, five for uh, 55 yards uh, and a touchdown here in Indianapolis. And um, so that's that's the – well, Christian Kirk kind of goes to the slot. So Zay Jones was probably going up against Daryl Baker uh, in that game because you'd have Calvin Ridley and – in uh, Dallas on one side. So. Ridley was 8 for 101. Yeah, he had a good day, too. They've given up 400-yard uh, receiving games in five games. The These Colts guys have? have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's with with the young cornerbacks. You want to say, yeah, really? I mean, yeah, you're surprised? I mean, yeah, exactly. That That's the thing. Like, If you're going to get, you're going to give something up. And with, with this team, like with this front on this team, this defensive front, that's their strength. We knew it going into the season, uh, especially the center of the defensive line. If you have Buckner healthy – and Grover Stewart there. He was, he was healthy last week, wasn't healthy against the Rams, and the Rams ran all over 167 like, yards. Yeah, against. that's what we said last week, that they, that defense didn't, that run defense did not look like what it they should be. St- they still need that pass rusher. Don't, I mean. Yeah, Quiddy didn't, well, Quiddy was, was hurt. He, he, he was, had a concussion. He had a concussion. So he had a, three sacks in the first three weeks, and then the fourth week is when he got the concussion. And now Dio's, maybe we're seeing Dio really come in to mm-hmm. his own. Yep. But that's to me. That's what's missing. The secondary is what it is. You're not going to get all of a sudden better. No. But they they need Samson Ibukam or somebody to come mm-hmm. up and just be the guy to where right. you get a sack a game. You get you know whatever. Juju's been impressive. I've liked I've liked watching him play. He's yes. a physical cornerback. Yes. Like he's not the most meaty guy. He's a tall. I'd almost say lanky dude. But he's physical. He mixes it up. He'll get there in the running game. And he'll get some penalties. But that's fine. 
Oh, he's got to be aggressive. Like he, he, yeah, be, be aggressive. I'd rather have. I'd rather say woe than giddy up. Is right. is is the phrase, and it's certainly true true with him. And I think last week for the for both corner for all the cornerbacks was a learning experience going up against DeAndre Hopkins. What do you have like ten or eleven catches? Still shows that he's hundred and forty or something. He can mix it up in this league. Like yep. he might not be the deep threat that he once was, but he can still. He's a still a very good route runner, and he can surgically knife through you if given the opportunity and he doesn't drop him no he does not well yeah, one, eight, eight for 140 there you go one, and it seemed like every it's i i swear it felt like he had 20 catches in that and game some of mm-hmm. them there was good coverage yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah you yeah. know and some, sometimes you just say hey they, they, they beat me there yeah. so but uh i say the important we, we've talked about how the jags aren't where we thought they would be it's only five weeks so you'd rather be kind of growing and that's what this cult team is we're, 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 they should get barring the the big in, more big injuries, they're going to get better because what they've done so far is without again it's without JT right and in the off it's you know Ryman's missed two games yeah two games yeah, at two left games tackle now. and as we've said if you haven't got a left tackle you can't play so so I, I'm encouraged that's why I thought Tennessee was such a significant game to win because because then you're waiting for Jacksonville which you know. We'll get in. They don't play well down there. Whatever it is, they get beat, but they don't play well. Right. So it gives you, it does give you a cushion, and you do not want Jacksonville to get separation to where they run away from the everybody in the division. Uh, one of the best parts of the uh, Jacksonville team so far has been their rush defense. They are fifth in the NFL in rush defense. So this is a a classic case of uh, of, of strength on strength here. The Colts are going to try to run the ball. The Jaguars have been able to stop it so far this year, but. But 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 they're not going to stop. It's not going to stop the Colts from trying to run the ball. Like, I, I remember, I, I keep remembering back to a couple of years ago in that Tampa Bay game here uh, in 2021, where the the Buccaneers came in with the best def- best rush defense in the league, and Vita Vea is one, probably the best rush defender in the league. And and then they had like 20, 20 something odd passing plays in a row. And Quentin Nelson goes to Frank Reich on uh, on what's it called on HBO Hard Knocks, and is like, "Can we just call a, a, a run play? A designed Can run? Can we just call a design run? Not in uh, not a RPO? Because apparently uh, some of those plays during that time were RPOs that Wentz would go out and throw it, and probably made. I don't know. I, I'm not going to guess to to right or wrong decisions there, but but they were like they were gaining yards even from time to time with with throwing the ball. But but that wasn't the strength of that team. That team, their strength was a running team to impose their will right. to 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 grind out another team. And it, it took Quinton going to Frank be like, "We got to do something different right now. We got to run the ball." It may have made Frank look bad, maybe. But at times you need to say, "Hey." But it was true. It was <laughs> like it, like it needed to happen. Yes, because what was happening was not should not have been happening. And then eventually Shaquille Bear comes in, strip gets the strip sack. Like you, you give you give Shaquille Bear enough times to to rush the passer uh, against Eric Fisher that year, who was not a good pass blocker, and and that's going to happen. So so and anyway, that that's me going off on on a, a weird random pass rant. But but yeah, you're the, all that to say, you got to stick with who you are. Like the Jaguars are a good rush defense, but you're a good rush offense. Let, let, let's let's go out and test them. Let, let's run the ball. Let, let's see what we can do, and 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 then let the chips fall where they may. I don't I don't think Steichen's a guy that'll that'll two things. He he won't run when it's not working just to say doggone it we're going to run, but I don't think he's going to get away from it too soon because maybe there's not early success. Right. I I I I just. We'll see how the how the season goes, but I just really think that he's he, he's very on point and he's creative. And doggone it, this this is how we do it. This is how we're gonna do it. But at the same time, after, at some point, whatever that is, late second quarter, whatever, he's not he won't run just to prove a point. Right. But he's not gonna get away from it. On the on the defensive side of the ball for Jacksonville, uh, Foye Aluakan is uh, their leading tackler with 52 tackles this year, right up there with. It's about um, a game for Zaire. Exactly, yeah, right, <laughs> right up there near Zaire, uh, near the top of the league. But it uh, just seems like every every play around the line of scrimmage, he's in on the tackle. Uh, so so look out for him. Um, and then after that, there's a bunch of players in the secondary with with uh, with with their tacklers, uh, tackling leaders. And I, I was just struck by the drop off yeah, between from, in, in numbers from on the fi- second tackler. Fifty two down to twenty eight is their next leading tackler. Cornerback Tyson Campbell is there. Um, and then Andre Cisco, Syracuse University, with 27, the safeties. Do you just know all these people? How do you keep? Yeah, I've got to keep track of my boys out there, for sure. 
Come on now. I keep track of Ball State because Danny Penner's here. Yeah, exactly. There, there's your one. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen has six sacks on the year. I think he got Josh Allen at least once last week. Yes, he did. So it was Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime, not to the extent that it was two years ago where it was strip sack after strip sack, and he, he single-handedly won that game uh, for Jacksonville uh, last year against the Bills. But, uh, yeah, it's two years ago the Jaguars get the better of the Bills. So, some teams, you just have their number. It's like, like it's, it's like the Colts in Jacksonville, and it's like the Colts have been with the Chiefs. They've played the Chiefs really well. They beat the Chiefs last year. They beat the Chiefs um, like a couple years back before the, the playoff loss, too, um, that year in 2018. So there, there are some teams you play well against. The Jaguars have something going against, excuse me, against the Bills. And, um, and yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's just an observation. That's just how it is. Um, what, what, what is Jacksonville's, their, their run defense is fifth? Fifth in the NFL right now. They're averaging giving up 81 yards per game, 3.7 yards per carry. They gave up 29. The Bills was, were 14 for 29. 14 for 29. And the Colts were 26 to 65. 26 for 65. And that's when Dion was... That's with Dion Jackson. 13 for 14? Yeah, I think like 40 of those yards were Anthony Richardson or something. It was, yeah, it was he bad. had yeah. 10 carries It was for 10, 40 10 for 40. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was one where, let's not pile on Dion too much, but it was like the, the second worst rushing game by an individual in, you know, years. And, right. he, and he compounded that with a couple of fumbles too. Oh, oh by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah that yeah. too, which which you can't do. So you, you didn't run it effectively and you didn't hold on to the ball. And you dropped a pass, so I guess yeah. we are piling on. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, the he, he was a very solid special teams player. He filled in last year and caught like 10 or 11 balls in that Denver game, or maybe it was a different game, but it was one of those I think, games. I think it was that Denver yeah, game. But, uh, but, but it was... Yeah, because uh, Taylor was out. Yep. And then Naheem got the concussion like in right. first quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, real early in that game. So, so anyway, like so, so I'll throw in, I'll throw in what he did well there to uh, to alleviate uh, the. But, uh, but I mentioned the thing about the Colts and Buffalo with the rushing is, after five games, sometimes stats can be a little skewed mm-hmm. on how you're playing, but the Colts need to see how how stiff. The Jacksonville run defense is. They yep. really do. Yeah, put it to the test. Injury report for this week for the Colts. Uh, their Wednesday injury report, Braden Smith with a foot and a wrist was not uh, not practicing. He was out there, but not practicing. Uh, Mo Cox did not practice with a concussion after leaving the he Titans won't, he game. Won't play so, so, yeah, so, so, it's so been me. it's been ludicrous this year. Like just the uh, the the ratio. It's been nearly 100 percent of players who get a concussion haven't played the next week. Schefter put out this was last week that he didn't use a number. I don't think. But no one who had a concussion on Sunday played the next Sunday. Right. And what was crazy is that, remember Jelani Woods? No, Drew, 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 Drew Ogletree. Ogletree. Was clear. He, he was clear. He could have played and he and was a healthy match. Right. So, but but it's, it's whether this is a league saying this or this is a team saying, and I think it's a team. It, mm-hmm. People tend to think that teams don't look after their players. They do. How many times I've been in the locker room and some player – is ready to play, and he's he's he, I'm going to play. Of course, you don't you can't listen to players. You just can't. <laughs> but but I, I really do think that the teams err on the side of Drew Rogelfree that we're going to keep him out another week. Uh, but they've had gosh, I've got a list. Is is this seven or eight concussions now for these guys? It keeps going. I mean, it's been Mo Quitty, Ryman, uh, Richardson, uh, Shaq had one Shaq. Uh, preseason. Those are the ones that come to my uh, mind. There's another one, but it's just it's. You guys said Kelly, Ryan Kelly. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Kelly is another one. Yep. So it's it's. I think some of that is that uh, the league has has strengthened the in-game protocol. With if, if a spotter sees something, oh, I, I tell you, I've seen some hits. I'm thinking, and they didn't bring that guy out to, to check on. Right. Like the spotter, and this is something that that came into discussion a couple weeks ago. Like the spotter is not looking for big hits. The spotter is looking for what comes after. Right. So, well, so like yeah. but, but, but you're right. Like you still Richardson, see the hit, and you're like, wow. That like Richardson's there. head snapped on the ground. Right, exactly. And he he told the team, I got a headache. Right. And then they said, well, then we need to take you in. And he said, no, that's all right. And he stayed in for two more series. And then he said, no, I really got a headache. Yeah. He's like, okay, so, this isn't good. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, full practice on Wednesday. Shaquille Leonard with a groin injury. Uh, Quiddy Pay with a concussion. Bernard Rodden with a co- concussion. So, good sign there. From both of those two, uh, that uh, they could be working their way through the protocol after missing last week. Didn't I think Braden practiced only Friday last week? I think you're with right. With a hand. Yeah. So I, I think he plays. Yeah, I think so. I too. really do. I, I don't Smith. I put zero 
uh, importance on the Wednesday practice. Mm-hmm. Thursday more. Friday's the one that it'll tell us if mm-hmm. a guy we'll, – we'll, we'll know Friday whether or not uh, – we should know Friday whether or not that the two guys in concussion, Ryman and Quiddy, are out of protocol. I just – I just the way it's gone, I'm not even expecting to see Mo. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like with, uh, with Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, concut barring concussion, but like if they don't practice on Wednesday – you know, not not a huge deal because you think by Friday they'll probably have a limited or a full practice and they'll probably play on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, for the Jaguars, no practice for Zay Jones or Walker Little. Uh, Zay Jones, the wide receiver, a knee injury. Walker Little, offensive lineman, a knee injury. Uh, limited in practice, Christian Braswell, the corner with a hamstring. Linebacker Devin Lloyd, a thumb injury. Full practice, uh, their left tackle, Cam Robinson, with an elbow injury who did not play against the Colts in week one. They got a backup left tackle in that game. And uh, also uh, full practice for linebacker Dwayne Smoot, uh, working his way back from an Achilles injury, or working through an Achilles injury, I, I should say. Uh, last week was Cam Robinson's first game back from a four-game suspension. Uh, as Matt notes here, violating the NFL sub- substance uh, performance enhancing drug policy. And but he left in the second half of that game against the Bills with with his elbow injury. So, uh, but being a full participant in practice on yeah, Wednesday looks. I, I would assume he'll play. Jaguars fans can look at that and see that that's probably the most likely scenario from what will come. So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. That will include injury reports Thursday and Friday. We'll uh, get uh, some more details uh, on that as the as the game gets closer. Hey, Drew Ogletree is like he's he's getting thrown into a lot for for sure. Like he's taking on Mo Ali Cox's role right now. He has to help out blocking, and especially when you have a rookie tackle right there in Blake Freeland, um, like you, you're going to figure you're going to keep the the tight end in a little bit more. And he 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 used to be a wide receiver back in college. Now he's added some bulk. Like he's a he's big a dude. Big dude. He is, but you know, like it's not just being a big dude that blocks in the NFL. You need to know everything. You need to know leverage. You need to know um, you need to know scheme. You need to know so much. So like I thought he was fine last week. Like I think he did a pretty good job. And like I said, I thought the reason, as I said on this podcast last week, that I thought that the Colts were going to lose was because the front seven of the Titans and the Colts front seven just just not Colts front dominated them. And that includes the tight end. Exactly. That includes the tight end. So so shout out to Drew and and Mo when he was in there uh too. So but that that's just a heaping helping of more responsibility placed on a essentially a rookie's plate because this is his first year playing in the league. You walk through the locker room and you're just used to being around big guys. I mean Quentin is like my front door. Yeah. He's just he's just so thick and wide. But you go over that the tight end section you know, Moe's almost one of the smaller t- – I take Conning Granson out of it. But Moe's one of the smaller tight ends now. Yeah. Because Jelani Woods and Drew – and Will Mallory's a pretty good-sized kid, he too. Is, and, yep. he'll, and he'll probably be out this week mm-hmm. with, 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 with Moe Mo probably out, yeah. being down. But it, it's in – what we've seen from Drew is they, they get these guys down the field. I thought he got hurt Sunday. He stayed down for a few seconds with his sh- – I thought it was a concussion. Mm-hmm. I think it was his shoulder. Yeah. But he came back, and I tell you, you've seen with Steichen, he loves tight ends. Yes, he does. And that should be a quarterback's best friend, mm-hmm. whether it's you get him down the seam or he's a dump off. But uh, this is a good group of tight ends. And if somebody can emerge Mo-like as mm-hmm. a blocker, it's going to be a really good group. I don't think Will Mallory's ever going to be that. I don't think. Right. But I think Woods or, or – uh, Ogletree could be. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see anything about Jelani Woods. Still out, uh, still on uh, That'll be on one of IR. our questions to, uh, Friday for, for the coach, but exactly. I bet he's progressing. I'm sure he's progressing well, and we'll, we'll see what happens next week. So, like I said earlier, 1 o'clock kickoff airs uh, in here in Indianapolis on CBS4. Both teams are 3-2. and two. The winner will have sole possession of first place in the AFC South. Colts trying to snap an eight-game losing streak as the road team in this rivalry. Seven of those games played at... Whatever it is, Everbank Field, yeah, uh, I think Everbank. is. Yeah, it's. I think I, I've been there a lot enough times. Has it been? Has it been Everbank the entire way? No, it has not. There was something else. It was before it's Everbank. Kind of like Miami it with was, the Dolphins. It's like six different names. Exactly. They they've had different different names in the past. Uh, so that that was the one that popped into my head immediately. Uh, so I was hoping that that was the the right one. I'm looking up the uh, the line for this uh, this week's game. Like four. Four-ish? I don't know what it is. Let's see. But over under is forty five and a half. 
Um, do, 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 da, da, da. And four-point favors, the Jaguars. So the Jaguars favored by four, so they're anticipating something along the lines of a 24-20 to 20 or 25-21 to 21 ball game. That's what uh, Vegas says. And we know Vegas the, knows. Yeah, the, the ceilings in Vegas are paved with gold for a reason. So, uh, so whatever you think is going to happen is not what's going to happen. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so, but, but ever, nevertheless, um, Chad, how about you go first? How about we try to break the streak of, uh, of me going first all these times for our predictions? So you just can't like, steal my prediction? Exactly. I'll steal yours. Uh, but just like we're trying to break a streak, the Colts are this weekend uh, down in Jacksonville. So we'll go Mike first and then Matt and then me with our predictions for this game as the Colts are in Jacksonville for a week six showdown with first place in the AFC South on the line. I've got 24-16 Jacksonville. I, I, I just I don't. I don't like the the small margin of error that the Colts have to play with, and and I I, I don't like the matchup of of Trevor Lawrence and his his throwing toys against these guys. Uh, so with the Colts, and I I start thinking sixteen points. Okay, that's a touchdown and three field goals. That feels about right. And one of the issues with as long as AR is out, I believe is Matt Gay's got to be on point. When he's out there, it's going to matter. And you can't leave points on the field, but I just, I just think, it, it to me, it's not so much the streak and all the. It's just going to be that I think Jacksonville's a better team right now, and I don't like the matchups as far as passing and pass defense. All right, Matt, what you got? You know, it, it's always so tough. You take things week to week. I, I really thought that they would beat the Rams. They didn't. I thought they'd lose to the Titans, and they they beat the Titans yep. pretty, pretty. You know, they, they bullied the Titans last week. I didn't know that this team necessarily had that in them. So. I, they broke a couple of streaks last week. I'm going to go streak busting here, and I'm going to say 23-17 Colts, even though I, I don't have uh, – if I were to put a confidence number on that, it would not be a strong one. All right. Hey, we like I said, I said this last year, that as long as – like I'm not I'm not picking the streak to end. I, like, I, I'm Vegas right. says you pick streaks to continue. Exactly. But so, so, I, so I have to stick to that. Uh, those uh, loyal listeners to the Colts Blue Zone podcast would, I'm sure, just get – I, still, I blame, right you. I, I blame James Boyd. For trashing his team for the last two years. Yep. And I blame you for Jacksonville. <laughs> it's hard to argue anything else other than that, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But I like, can give you evidence. You want some more evidence? No, exactly. No, you don't have to. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a 21-17. I think it's a close ball game or maybe one that the Colts make close at the end. But uh, but I, 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 I still think that Jacksonville appears to be still fighting themselves on offense. I think that they could grow better later in the year. But I, I could see this. If I if I had to play this game, I would play the under, which means they'll they'll be I don't know sixty points scored, you know. But um, but and, I hope and, not because I don't see these guys yeah, doing their share of no, the sixty exactly. points. And, and with and with this rivalry and how it's gone, like just there have been so many weird games, like we already talked about, weird results, stuff that you would not expect. Even looking back at the end of the season, like how on earth did that happen? What on earth is six going to on? nothing with a team with a luck team that averaged twenty seven points a game? The team that was on a nine to one run. Yeah, they, they, they were red yeah. hot going. In the only game they lost over the last two yeah, and a half months. Maybe it was 8-1. and one. I forget what it was. But, yeah, they, there was the one game they lost. And it was 6 nothing. And, as you said, Frank just went for it on fourth down too much, didn't take any points, and that, that's why they lost. Hey, we'll, we'll get one later on. No, no you didn't. didn't. No, they didn't get it. Sometimes it's good to take the points. And now the Colts are taking the points when you have Matt Gay as your kicker and you have a 50-yard field goal. Except you know. at the end they, of the first half the of the, the first Titans half, game. Exactly, not that. <laughs> I ain't got to take the points. I, th- I think I would – I mean, I, I get it, like – it would have been great if they'd gotten the points there, like the the, the touchdown, because they had a really nice play drawn up. It just got blown up by a defender. Minshew couldn't get enough on it. But especially with 15 seconds left in the half, not no, much of the game. No timeouts, I don't think, left. No, no timeouts. No. Fourth down, go ahead and take the points. And then you don't have to have that butt-clinch moment at the end of the game when Jacksonville gets the ball back. Can you say, that? Can, can t- you say it on the air? I can say anything yeah, I want on this podcast. Yeah, right. Who cares? Um, but <laughs> or when, when Tennessee got the ball back at the end of the game, then the Colts have a 10-point lead. You don't have to have the interception. Odds are they're not going to score anyway, even with a 7-point lead. But, you know, take the points sometimes when you have them. Yeah. All right. So we appreciate you listening to this Colts Blue Zone podcast. As I said, follow us on Twitter together, at Colts Blue Zone, for news and notes throughout the week. Matt is at Statomatty. Chap is at M. Chapel 51. Read all his work on the Colts online at fox59.com and cbs4indy.com. I'm Dave Griffiths at DaveG underscore sports. I'll see you after getting back from Jacksonville, and who knows if the streak will be broken. We'll find out together. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.